Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. America faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. Welcome to this week's edition of the Insane Things Podcast, where we count down the most insane things that happened this week. Number five, and it's a good one. Guess what app is now the most downloaded? Period. End of memo. Like, more than Walmart? Yep. More than Amazon? Yep. More than a bank? Sure, any news organization? Yep, yep, and yep. Number one, it's X, formerly known as Twitter. Elon Musk proudly announced it this week. It was barely covered by the media. They don't want you to know you could go there and figure out pretty quickly whatever it is they're lying about today. This stat proves one thing conclusively. The demand for free speech is stronger than ever. It's still wildly popular and growing. And on X, at least for now, because I know the European Union will eventually end up banning it the direction it's going, we are exporting the First Amendment in a way the Founding Fathers never could have dreamed of. And in a way that, of course, has the left in a frothing panic. It's the last real true public forum on Earth with free speech. There's nothing like it, and its power is unrivaled. I spent a lot of time on X. I'm kind of addicted to it. You should, too. It's the best, most efficient way to get into the fight. Get yourself an account. If you don't have one, they'll offer you an option uh, where they can go through, like, your phone numbers, uh, emails automatically on the phone, and connect you with other people you know on X. If you follow them, the protocol is generally they'll follow you back, then start spreading the word. Follow people who you like, could be me, could be somebody else, amplify their messages and fight. This is the best thing we have going for us. And X notched a massive win this week, which was insane thing number two. If you spend any amount of time on X, you'll start to notice something. You know the news days, sometimes weeks before it come becomes the news. Because what's important, what people care about, the national debate, it's now set by X. You can tell what's coming, what'll be big by what's trending on X. Deciding what the news is used to be the purview of liberal editors in liberal newsrooms. Not anymore. Since Elon Musk bought it, it is now the only uncensored social media out there and it is truly setting the agenda. And it did this week. X notched a major victory. If you think about how most of the horrible bills of recent years have been passed um it always goes like this they keep the text secret they drop it at night and then they hold the vote very quickly thereafter before congress members but most importantly before the public is able to read it that model's dead now almost the second the senate's horrible traitorous border bill that would have allowed 1.8 million illegal immigrants into this country would have blessed lawbreaking by the illegals, by the Democrats and by Biden. As soon as it hit, 
the internet on Sunday night when it was released, it was torn to pieces within hours by regular people in their pajamas. James Langford, Mitch McConnell, they were on TV by the next morning lying about what was in it. And that might have worked before. It didn't this time. By then, people had already screenshotted the bill. The lies didn't work. And then it got worse. For the scoundrels in Washington, which is how we like it. Through 2022, the pass it to find out what's in it model was working really well. It doesn't work anymore. James Langford, Senator from Oklahoma, found that out the hard way. Because of X and sleuthing by people on X, by the time his bill came up for a vote, he'd already been censured by his state GOP and by his legislature. That this happened simultaneous to X achieving the status of most downloaded app, period, end of memo, is no coincidence. The border bill was the hottest thing going for a couple of weeks, and it ended it as regular people reacted in outrage to a bill that would have, for the first time, allowed 5,000 illegals in per day before any president, present or future, would be allowed to shut the border down. That's a horror show when you consider right now, according to federal law, the president can shut the border down for any reason. The backlash by Republican voters for the first time not kept in the dark on the bill like this was severe and instantaneous. How effective was it? This is Aisha Hosni. She's a Senate reporter. She was standing outside the Republican conference room as they tried to figure out what to do about their busted bill. Here's what it sounded like inside. It's going to make you smile. Senate Republicans met last night in a closed door meeting, which got so heated, Dana, at times that myself and other reporters could actually hear screaming coming from inside the room. When leader Mitch McConnell emerged from the room, he told me that he had a great discussion and that the conference will keep on talking. By Tuesday, Mitch McConnell, who worked with the Democrats to craft this, and Senator James Langford, whose political career is pretty much done, were leading. I kid you not, the charge to kill their own bill. Folks, it's no exaggeration to say that as the fight over censorship of Americans goes, so will go the country. We're either going to stick with the Bill of Rights or we're going to live in an authoritarian regime. There won't be much middle ground. Which leads us to insane thing number three. How hard the Democrat Party is fighting to censor you There's so many fronts on this, it's almost unfathomable to try to keep up. We learned at the beginning of the week, thanks to emails from inside Amazon, that the Biden White House has been actively banning books on Amazon. Think about this. This is the party that all the time accuses us of wanting to burn books, ban books. They were banning books the entire time, intimidating Amazon employees um, with threats, demands that they... Uh, use algorithms to algorithm down any kind of book that criticized the shot or went against what the White House wanted everyone to believe about COVID. White House officials were personally, they said in emails back and forth, monitoring what ended up uh, in the suggestions, in the algorithms, uh, in the sales for books, in demanding books and authors simply be canceled. It's like a totalitarian regime. In response emails, at first, Amazon fought, even worrying about what the reaction from the right wing, half their customers, 
might be if they found out this was going on. But ultimately, after a couple of meetings with the White House, they knuckled under, which is ironic because it turns out those virologists, scientists and other experts, what they were writing about COVID and the COVID shot was actually accurate. That's right. The White House, having no arguments with these people, decided just to silence them all. It's their model of operations now, apparently. And so the battle lines are set. Twitter versus these people, which is, of course, why, as The Wall Street Journal reported, the Department of Justice is criminally investigating Elon Musk with the plan, no doubt, to try to put him in prison. It's really their only play at this point, but it also shows you how desperate they are. Insane thing number two. You probably thought that if any state seceded from the union or otherwise broke away from our way of life, our rule of law, or even the union itself, it'd probably be a red state, right? Looks like it's not going to be that way. Wait do you hear which state, liberal state, is refusing to enforce or use, get this, the Second Amendment. This is mind-boggling, folks. I'm going to tell you about it in a minute, but first I'm going to take a break right here to recommend PhD weight loss. It has truly changed my life. My daughter and I are going on a 10-day hiking trip out west. It's going to be in Utah, and we're going to tackle some of the toughest trails out there. The idea of being able to hike for 10 days straight was unfathomable to me two years ago because my knees were so bad. I thought I had the beginnings of arthritis. My joints were shot. I love to hike, but I can only do it in small bits, two days max, and then my knees are done. Taking these 29 pounds off has completely wiped out my pain. And it's made this dream vacation, this road trip with my daughter, possible. What will you do that you didn't think you could do before after PhD weight loss? Well, take off 29 pounds like I did and keep it off for a year and you'll find out. Get in touch with the nice folks at myphdweightloss.com. That's myphdweightloss.com. You can do it from any state in the nation, myphdweightloss.com, and start hiking again. Now back to the podcast. Folks, unbelievable headline. Hawaii ignores U.S. Supreme Court, strikes down right to carry firearms in public. Folks, if the Democrats win the elections this fall, or if they even manage to hold on to the White House, I think you're going to see a lot more of this. Listen to what happened. Hawaii Supreme Court on Wednesday ruled the state doesn't have to adhere to a constitutional right to carry firearms in public, even though the latest U.S. Supreme Court decision affirming this right, there have been others since the founding, was in 2022. Here's what happened. A law-abiding gun owner who thought he lived in America under the Constitution learned otherwise after he was charged with a felony for violating three Hawaii state gun laws. The lower court dismissed the charges, citing the 2022 Supreme Court ruling and, of course, the Second Amendment. The 2022 ruling, by the way, was called New York State Rifle and Pistol Association, Inc. versus Bruin. And the Supreme Court ruled... Uh, that an individual has a right to carry a handgun in public for self-defense, that it's covered under the Second Amendment. I mean, this is ABC 123 stuff. Well, Hawaii doesn't want to do that. And the Supreme Court says they're not going to. What genius level legal argument are they using? They're not. Here's what they wrote. The Hawaii Supreme Court, this is their statement in their opinion, quote, it makes no sense for contemporary society to pledge allegiance 
to the founding era's culture, realities, laws, and understanding of the Constitution. That's their legal argument. The spirit of aloha, whatever the hell that is, the spirit of aloha clashes with a federally mandated lifestyle that lets citizens walk around with deadly weapons during day-to-day activities. And just like that, they made a law-abiding gun owner into a felon and a political dissident like the kind they used to have in Russia. And here's the bet the Democrats are making because Democrats control the state of Hawaii from top to bottom. You and what military, what army are going to make me? Democrats didn't condemn this. That would be the same Democrat leadership of this country that was screaming last week that Texas was somehow defying a Supreme Court ruling. See how this works? Folks, this is pretty close to what the Confederacy did. It's absolutely nullification, but it's stunning in that it is simultaneously nullification of both the Bill of Rights in the Second Amendment and the Supreme Court. If blue states begin to take this line, they'll most certainly apply it to the First Amendment as well, probably the Fourth. Forget what's left of your privacy um, and subject the country to speech codes uh, and no guns. And look, I mean, if the de- think about this for a minute, if the Democrats can win the presidency this time, right, they're going to begin to make our, the argument that we can't win it anymore. We can go into the reasons for that, but that's what they'll say. And you're going to begin to see a lot more of this right after the election. And they will begin to nullify the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, like I said, the Fourth Amendment, God knows what else. Um, But this will begin to become common. We will have American areas in red states, but not in blue states. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Remember what I always tell you, we like to talk a lot of smack on our side about the Constitution, but it's the Democrats actually using it, using every lever of power available to them. And they're not wrong about one thing. The founders did intend for states, governors and courts in states to nullify federal laws they found to be unconstitutional. They did not intend for states to nullify the Constitution. That's why they were really clear to make the Constitution something other than a law. It's bigger and badder and stronger and broader than a law. It's absolute and cannot be changed by any body, as in body like court or body like legislature. Yet that is what is going on in Hawaii. Now, what they'd say if they got to argue their side was, no, we're not. We're just nullifying a Supreme Court's interpretation of the Second Amendment with which we disagree. Cool. When do We get to start doing that in our states. I'm not talking about ignoring the Constitution, but just other unconstitutional things like the EPA. The only regulatory right the federal government has is across state lines in trade. 
they actually constitutionally have no right of any kind to tell us when and where and how we can or can't drill. So, I mean, honestly, states, governors should just start drilling, start harvesting their natural resources, get a state permit. You don't need a federal one and have at it. That would be the same thing here. And it would save these red states from the economic devastation the Democrats are trying to top down push on us from Washington. There's a lot of things we can do here. And if the left keeps doing stuff like this and our voters start to find out about it, it's it will. It will create expectations that our governors and our legislatures and our courts begin to do them, too. That can only be a good thing. It's the only way we get out from underneath the iron fist of the Democrat Party run from Washington. But the good news here And this is what the Democrat Party is showing us. There is a way out. It is not hopeless. What are they going to do? Illegally use the military on the ground in the U.S. in all of our states? If we stick together, we can win this. Maybe even come out freer than we've ever been. But we've got to find leaders with the political will to do it. Finally, insane thing number one. The only difference, apparently... We are learning between 40 felonies and spending the rest of your life in prison and just kind of having the charges against you, the laws you broke, sloughed off is whether you're popular and how good your memory is. See, Donald Trump is currently facing 40, yes, 40 felonies for mishandling classified documents. Some of the same charges that would have applied to Biden. In fact, the opening statement where Prosecutor Her explained why he won't be prosecuting Joe Biden said this. He broke the law. There is evidence that after his vice presidency, Mr. Biden willfully retained marked classified documents about Afghanistan and unmarked classified handwritten notes in his notebooks, both of which he stored in unsecured places in his home. He had no legal authority to do so. And his retention of these materials and disclosure of classified information from his notebooks to his ghostwriter risked serious damage to America's national security. They admit they could prosecute him, but they're not gonna. Why? And here's the key part. This is the first time we've ever seen dual justice actually used as a legal argument. The idea, dual justice, that Democrats are gooder, better, more moral, people who mean better and thus are liked more and thus cannot be prosecuted. Why? Because they're popular. Over the last 24 hours since this outrage came out, the media has focused on the prosecutor saying, well, we can't prosecute him because his memory's not so good and uh, the jury would be sympathetic to him. Uh, And they list in there the prosecutors that Biden couldn't remember when his son died. Biden couldn't remember when his first day was as vice president or when his last day was. And how really devastating all that is for him running for office again. Okay, cool. Definitely focus on that. But there's something much bigger going on here. Listen to the paragraph explaining why, despite having evidence he broke the law and endangered national security, they're not going to prosecute. Quote, at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Based on our direct interactions with and observations of him, he's someone for whom the jurors will want to identify reasonable doubt. 
In other words, he's just too nice to prosecute. The jury will like him. How could they not like a good Democrat socialist wannabe dictator? All our friends love him, so we can't prosecute him. But Trump, well, 40 felonies makes perfect sense. In other words, the only difference in in their explanation between Biden and Trump is, well, Trump's just not that likable, so we're going to nail him to a wall. Folks, they're mocking us, okay? The intended audience for this message was the members of Congress, um, was Republican politicians. We can get you anywhere. We can make anything up. We can put 91 felonies against you, too. You better behave. You better go along with whatever we want. Oh, and by the way, there is almost no level of crime committed by a Democrat that we won't tolerate. This is dual justice. We own the system. Live with it. They are mocking us with this. Here's liberal law professor Jonathan Turley. The really troubling aspect is when the special counsel says, look, he's just too sympathetic. The measure of whether you will indict someone shouldn't be how sympathetic or popular they may be. Also, since, as the president says, this goes back 40 years, uh, his diminished capacity today is different from when many of these violations likely occurred. And that's true because these documents date the classified ones all the way back to the 1970s. And while the media is mainly focusing on the ones from his vice presidency, there are a lot more beyond that, including from his time in the Senate when he was only allowed to view them inside a highly insulated room built for national security called a skiff. If he had them, he stole them. It doesn't matter how it was that he left with them. He's suggesting that this was some immaculate offense, that somehow the documents followed him out of the Senate skiff. They magically moved from spot to spot. They ended up in an, uh, what was clearly an over-utilized uh, box uh, in his garage. Many of those questions are not answered in this report. Constitutional attorney and Fox News commentator Mark Smith Piled on. This special counsel appointed by the Biden administration, by the way, uh, concluded that, that Joe Biden should not be charged. When Keep in mind that Joe Biden had these documents when he was a senator and the vice president. Now, that is distinctly different than the documents that Donald Trump had, because Donald Trump was the commander in chief as the president, and thus he had the constitutional authority to declassify whatever he wanted. That was not an authority that Joe Biden had. So the fact that Jack Smith has indicted President Trump and used the FBI to raid Mar-a-Lago, and yet they're going to let Joe Biden get out of jail free card here, uh, it shows a double standard that I think is not going to be lost on anyone. Unfortunately, he's right. It's especially not going to be lost on anyone who has liberal privilege, which now means liberal privilege to break the law. I don't even know how they prosecute Trump at this point. And the other thing, I don't even know why we have laws about the handling of classified documents if they don't apply to those with liberal privilege. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.